happy Easter. We put more chairs in the back and everyone just moves back further. <laughs> um, I feel like I should have like, you know, like moved this way up here so I can join you. Um, well, I'm uh, ecstatic to unpack uh, this miracle. If you have your Bible, you can go to John chapter 20. Um, I believe that God wants to do a miracle in your life today. I, I really believe that. Because God is a God that's personal. God is a God that's pursuing. Not just because it's Easter. Okay, but because Jesus is alive. And today, he wants you to see him. Maybe in a way you've never seen him before. But not because you're at church. Hear that, okay? Maybe some of you, you're here today and... Um, I'm so glad you're here. Maybe you don't do this often. Um, I'm so glad you're here. God doesn't, God doesn't want to do a miracle in your life today just because you came to church. God doesn't want to do a miracle in your life because you are, are walking some religious active road. But here's who God is. God is in the business of destroying doubt. That's what the tomb means. That's what a resurrected Jesus means, that God is in the business of destroying doubt. But at the same time, I want to give you some permission to doubt today. Maybe you come here and you're just like, you know, I just kind of do this Easter thing. But like, like really? Like, like, really believe this? Really believe this resurrected Christ? It's interesting because we're going to look at a, at a passage where the disciples of Jesus who walked with him for several years doubted the very thing that God told him he would do. So there's a seat at the table if you doubt this morning. There's a seat at the table, and you're welcome here if you're just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm here, but I, I don't know. I'm glad you're here. Or maybe if you're a Christian and you're just like, you know, I do this Easter thing, um, this church thing. We as Christians believe in a resurrected Christ, but, like, does it really matter? Like, does, does the stone that's been rolled away... Does it, like, does it really matter? Listen, I think God wants us to see him freshly today. So turn to John 20. Today we celebrate the resurrection where Jesus conquered the grave. And here's what I want to tell you, whether you believe this or not, this is the truth of the scriptures, is that it means everything for the Christian life. Like what today is, like some of you like dressed up, like my kids put on new clothes, like, you know, like that we, like right before they got in the car, we're like, okay, you've been naked all morning. Now put your clothes on because they're clean and they get to church. I'm like, man, you got muffin on. I'm like, it's Easter. Like you got to have on your best. Like there's nothing special about dressing up, but we like, we celebrate today because today is every, if, if, if Easter doesn't happen, we have nothing. For the believers in Jesus. We have nothing. But before we jump into John, I want to define a miracle because I think we can overcomplicate it. Here's what a miracle is. Simply put this, it'll be on the screen. The supernatural presence of God engaging engaging with his finite creatures. God with us is miraculous. And I hope we'll see that as we walk through John chapter 20, we'll begin at verse 1. Here's what it says. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw 
that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She saw something. Listen, God wants you to see something this morning. He wants today to be a hinge point in your understanding of him to see him. So Mary Magdalene at one time was an incredibly sinful woman, uh, very demonic. Um, Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. And she's presently a follower of Christ. She was at the cross witnessing the crucifixion. When Jesus is on the cross, she's at the, the foot of the cross. And now here, she's the first one to witness the empty tomb. Um, here's a picture of what, what the tomb possibly could have looked like with kind of a cutout so you can see the inside. A guy by the name of Joseph of Arimathea was the one who apprehended Jesus' body and saw to it that he was buried in a way that God should be buried because Jesus um, was, was treated as a criminal, right? Like he took all of our criminal acts, all of our criminal thoughts, and he put them on himself and he died on a cross. But when he was buried... He was put in a brand new, never used tomb. A circular stone was only for the rich. The common folk had a square stone. It was only for the rich because this is the living God, dead. And we're here to celebrate today that he conquered. So Mary Magdalene comes and he's he's not there. He's gone. And keep keep reading verse 2. So she ran. Like, you would probably do that too, right? Like, either one, like, you're like, this is freaky, like, we're out of here. Or it's like, I got to go get someone. So she takes off. And she went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went with the other disciple, and they were going to, <laughs> towards the tomb, both of them were running together, so they, they get on this foot race, probably trying to trip each other, um, trying try to get there first. Um, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in, he saw, there's that word again, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. So Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw, there's that word again, the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the, first, the tomb first, also went in. And check this out. He saw and believed. Three people in the story, other than, other than Jesus. You have Mary Magdalene, you have Peter, you have the beloved disciple, John. Make note of this. John saw... Like empty tomb, all the st- everything that Jesus says, he believes. Mary Magdalene, Peter, uh-uh, doubted. Don't know what's going on. Um, is God real? Like what is happening? Here's what I want you to see today. Even among those who walked closest with him, each one of them was on a different journey understanding the things of God very differently. Some of them need, John didn't need anything but to see the empty tomb, and he knew. He believed. Peter, Mary Magdalene, they were, they were confused. They were struggling. They were sorrowful. Listen, all of us 
There's room for your doubt here today. There's room for your uncertainty. There's room for your skepticism today because I believe that even in the midst of that, God's working. Like the moments of my life where I'm like, God, I just don't, I'm just not buying who you are today. It's in those moments that God wants to work that miracle in your heart to show you, I am who I said I am. As you'll notice, it goes on in verse 9, for as yet they did not understand the scriptures. Like this is what Jesus, like Jesus, all his ministry was teaching him, hey, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. And it happens and they're like, what? It's like parenting, one-on-one, right? They didn't get it. They didn't understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. And then then notice this, each of them deal with it in their own way. Peter and John, it says they went home. They just went to be alone. They had to process alone. Mary went back to the tomb. And look at verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. She needed firsthand experience. I, I need to see this for myself. Can I just say this today? If that's you, maybe you're John and you're like, see it, believe it, like, good to go. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm, I'm just not buying it. I need, to, I need to experience this and see this for myself. Can I just tell you this? God wants to do that in your life. Even today, the miraculous in your life, even today, to open your eyes to see that he is who he says he is. She stoops into the tomb, and she saw, there's that word again, appears over and over in this passage. She saw two angels in white. Okay, I don't know about you, but that would probably make me run. Um, she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Okay, so she's clearly distraught. Okay, these aren't like light, sad tears. Um, She's in mourning. She's distressed. She's overcome in anguish, and doubt has filled her heart. Where is Jesus? Now, you've got to understand that in the custom of the culture of the day, the burial process was intricately woven into the faith. So Mary Magdalene is deeply concerned about what is happening, deeply concerned. I wonder this morning where there might be doubt, like for Mary. Where's he at? What's, what's going on? Is this really real? Is this really happening? Is God who he really says that he is? And then notice verse 14. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Now, there's lots of things that if you're, if you're a husband in the room, there's lots of things you can do to get yourself in trouble. But here's one of the things that I've learned over the years that will very quickly get me in trouble as a husband is uh, if I don't notice my wife, okay, where um, she wants me to notice something and she's like doing all the right cues and I just don't notice. I'm like, you know, so there's been several instances over the course of 
our nearly 13 years married, uh, married, where I would come home and she's like, hey, hey babe, how, how are you? I'm like, good, how are you? And I'm just kind of going about putting my stuff down, saying hi to the kids. And, um, and she's just like clearly wanting me to notice something, but I'm not noticing it. Um, and, and she's like, you know, you know hey, do, you, do you notice anything? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And she's like, um, like, my hair, like, this morning I was a blonde, now I'm a brunette. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was actually going to say something about that. Oh, yeah, it was down on my back, and now it's, like, at my shoulders. Like, yeah, like, that's amazing. I I was actually going to tell you that I liked it. I saw her, but I didn't see her. Mary Magdalene comes, and it says she saw Jesus standing. but She didn't see him. She didn't really see him. She didn't really notice him. I I think, in fact, we take this as Christians a step further, and we see what we want to see. This is who I think God is. This is, in fact, who I want God to be. Or this is what my life must mean God is. And we make him who we want him to be rather than letting him be who he is that isn't dictated by how my life goes or doesn't go, how your life goes or doesn't go. God is who he is. And we're in great danger of of seeing him the way we want to see him. Mary wasn't seeing him. She saw him, but she didn't see him. She didn't see the fact that Jesus had just risen from the dead. The hinge point in Christianity. And that without this moment, we have no faith. We're still in our sin. We come here desperately wicked with no hope if we don't celebrate a God who is alive and actively pursuing your heart and my heart who's present even in the things that we don't understand, who's okay with our uncertainty, who's okay with our doubt, that Jesus conquered the grave, he conquered death, he conquered your sin and my sin. Mary didn't see Jesus for who he was. Some argue that she possibly was so filled with tears that she couldn't see through. You ever had those moments where you're just crying and you can hardly see that she was just so filled with tears that she couldn't see, see him clearly. I wonder if maybe for some of us, we're so easily prone to be the victim, to wallow in our despair, and to define God based on that despair. We can't see him for who he is. We just see him for what we're experiencing. And we spend a whole lot more of our time defining what we see rather than God being the God who wants to enter into our everyday life and show us that he's a miraculous God. Where are you so busy living in the despair of what ought to be that you fail to see the miracles? Because what's a miracle? The supernatural God engaging with finite human beings. You and I. It's unbelievable. Can we just come to grips with that today? Unbelievable. Look at verse 15. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. He he asked these two questions. Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? So if you you look at this, it's really like a mild rebuke. 
Because this is Jesus. Mary doesn't, he sees him but doesn't see him. And she's mildly rebuking him because before her is standing the conquering king who conquered death, who conquered sin. And she doesn't see it. She doesn't see the miracle right in front of her eyes. Listen, that's me all the time. There's miraculous things happening in my life all the time that aren't just defined by a good, happy, everything's peachy, great life, but are defined by a God who enters in and brings purpose to every step and every breath and everything that happens in our lives. Here's the confession we need to make. God, forgive us for trying to find something more miraculous than you being a risen God. Right? More miraculous like, God, if you just remove this from my life, that's the miracle. Sometimes, although we hope and long for that, we, ho- we find more hope in something changing than we do in a God who's present. Listen, that's what Christianity is about, is a God who's present all the time. Maybe you're here today and you don't believe in the risen Christ. It'd be, it'd be like this. It'd be like, let's say you got an email um, from a law firm and the email said, um, you've inherited a million dollars. Attached is a PDF that will describe to you how you can get the money. Click the link. You're like, if I click that link, my computer is going to fry right on my table. There's going to be a vacuum that comes over my house and sucks all of my stuff out and destroys it. You're like, I'm not buying it. But but let me ask you this. Would you go to the bottom of the email? Would you look up the name of the law firm and would you get on the phone and be like, um, I just wanted, this might be way far-fetched, I just wanted to double-check and see. I got this email. It said I get a million dollars. I just wanted to see uh, if this is true. You would totally investigate it. Why? Because it's a million dollars, right? How foolish would it be to not investigate the fact that there's a God who's alive, who conquered sin and death and made a way for us to live in hope today, but also a future hope that will one day restore and renew all things. Look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Mary saw Jesus, finally saw who she saw. Listen, there there, there are several reasons why miracles appear in the Bible. Um, Three that I just want to point out real quickly. Number one, uh, the, the miracles, especially in the New Testament, establish the credibility of Christ. That he is credible, that he is real. They validated his authority, his deity, and his message. And they proved what we're witnessing today, what we're celebrating today, a risen Christ. They proved Jesus Christ 
Is the Son of God the Savior of the world? And I believe that all three of those things God wants to do in your heart this morning. He wants to establish the credibility of who he is. The credibility of his authority and his message and his his deity that he is God. He wants to do that in your heart. But listen, if you're struggling here today to say, okay, what does this mean for my life? That if you're a Christian here today, the hope of the resurrection actually enables us to step forward every day and live in victory. That's why, that's why Jesus tells Mary, like, don't just cling to me. Go. Like, go tell. Because this is amazing. This is the miraculous. This is incredible. Go and tell. I've seen the Lord. And I wonder if we're too distracted by the gardener that Mary thought Jesus was. Rather than seeing him for God. Because what's a gardener do? A gardener maintains and cleans up and makes sure things are nice and pretty, right? And oftentimes that's what we want. God, God, just make my life okay. God, just make my life pretty. God, just make my life manageable. God, just make people look at me and think, wow, like what a great person. But God's like, I have something so much bigger than you just having a good life. So much greater because I think so often we live in this reality that, that the resurrection is just a mantra. Right? Like it's a creed that as Christians we believe. We believe Jesus rose from the dead. But it doesn't change our hope. It's just something on paper. Something we come and celebrate. But it doesn't change how we live and how we wake up, how we, the optimism that we live in, I know so often it doesn't change that in my own heart. And we're stuck on the miracles that we believe that God's got to do this for me to really trust him. Maybe it's in a marriage, or maybe it's in a sickness, or maybe it's in a, a loss that you're like, I just wish this person would come back. Or maybe it's in the removal of a situation. Or maybe it's like, I just got to see Jesus walk on water. And listen, I believe that God, God is still in the business of doing mighty, miraculous things that defy laws. But I don't believe that Christianity is primarily about God working life so that it's easy. But it's God entering in, offering forgiveness and hope for us to step forward with him every single day. That's what's about to be celebrated here in this water, is that there's a God who resurrected and allows us to live a resurrected life. Where he enters in. Because Christianity is about God being with us. It's about God walking with you through betrayal so that you'll realize he'll never betray you. It's about God using your life through the ups and the downs so you can say in your own heart, I've seen God. He's faithful. Life's hard, but he's faithful. I don't want the world to know this. It's about God offering forgiveness. 
The book of Acts says that God raised Jesus from the dead, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. No stone, no tomb could hold him in. And there's no sin in your life. But the cross of Christ and the resurrected power of Jesus can't bring victory and forgiveness for. Today we celebrate the miracle of Jesus. The very miracle that God wants to use to sustain your life today, but also enable you to live in the hope of a future restoration that one day, one day he's coming back. And one day we will live on a new earth with no sickness, no pain, no death. Because he's conquered the grave. And listen, this changes everything about who we are. The Gospel of John, at the very end, it says these words, John 20, 31. It says, but these things were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Why? So that we could come to church and do an Easter egg hunt, throw somebody in the pool. No. What's it say? That by believing, you may have life in his name. Forgiveness. Hope every single day. What do you see today? Is it a gardener? Or is it a risen Christ? Uh, Let's pray. Father, what a joy it is. Unbelievable joy. God, I pray that you would ingrain it deep within our souls this morning. That you are alive. And what that means for our despair, what that means for our celebrations, what that means for our struggles, what that means for every aspect of life. God, would you infuse hope into us that we would live as people who've been resurrected? Because you're a resurrecting God. God, would you show us the miracles that are going on in our very lives? And God, where, we, where we're skeptical, where we doubt, would you enter into our faith? And would you show us that you are who you say you are? Thank you, God, for the victory that we have in you. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.